Good evening, Sports Zodians. How's everybody doing out there tonight? I am Mike Agliolauro. I am your host for this is Sports Zone. Recording with you live like we do each and every week here via the I-95 Sports and Entertainment Radio Network. And of course, we are rebroadcast, redistributed to all our various podcasting outlets. So we thank you for joining us no matter how you join us, whether it's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And as always, thank you guys for listening, no matter how you listen to us. And we got a good show for you tonight. We will be joined by Dave Hastings, Eric Tressler. I wouldn't be surprised if Miss Larry Schmelrose comes by. Maybe Eric Pfeiffer comes by. I don't know if either of them uh, pay attention to college basketball, but I'm sure we will be talking about college basketball tonight because we had March Madness over the weekend here. The round of 64, the round of 32 are in the books. We have only the second time in 152 tries. The 16th seed beat the one seed for only the second time in history, uh, at least of this format. Fairly Dickinson, excuse me, beats number one seeded Purdue in the East bracket. Yes, I did break it down by brackets, but we'll get into college basketball. Probably have a little regular NBA to talk about as well. Football-wise, I like. I'm sure we're going to talk about it. The big move this week, at least for the teams that we pay attention to, feel the need to clarify that this time. Um, Brandon Cooks winds up going from the Houston Texans to the Dallas Cowboys for a sixth-round pick next year and a fifth-round pick this year. I've never been the biggest Brandon Cooks fan. We'll get into that with Dave Hastings in a little while. Uh, overall thoughts, though, I, I will say this. Didn't really give up too much for him. So I really hope that Dave and Mr. Pfeiffer are right about him. Because if they are, I'll just be fine. I, I'll be just fine with it. But anyway, probably get in that in a little while. Um, as far as baseball goes, you know, apparently there's something called the World Baseball Classic on going on right now. And yeah, I said when Diaz was lost to it on Thursday. And if you are a subscriber to this channel, I did a, you know, that day reaction to it. Quick reaction to it. It's me, so nothing exactly is quick. But um, we did we took care of that on Thursday, so we did get a chance to talk about that one. Yeah. But I, I don't really plan on spending too much time talking about the Edwin Diaz situation because, like I said, I already did that on Thursday. Um, it sucks that he's out for the season. We know this. World Baseball Classic this is the first year I feel like anybody's really paying attention to it. And I feel like the debate about uh, whether or not this this should continue to be played in March has really kind of overtaken the battle. You know, everybody's talking about how great the World Baseball Classic is. I have no interest in watching these games, and I'm not going to. 
if you enjoy it, good for you. But all I'm saying is it's time of the year. And I don't know about that. But um, we'll get into that in a little while. Like I said, I'm sure Eric and Dave are on the way here. So we'll talk a little bit more about the bracket just to run down. We are headed into the Sweet 16 later this week. Uh, like I said, uh, Fairleigh Dickerson, the 16 seed, beat the number one seed of Purdue in the East, and then they promptly got defeated in the round of 32 uh, by um, FAU. I don't know what school that is, but good for them. So they made it to the uh, Sweet 16, facing the number four seed, Tennessee. Uh, number three seed of Kansas taking on the number seven seed Michigan State that actually beat the number two seeded Marquette in the round of 32. Uh, Southern region, Bama is still in there. They made it to the Sweet 16, taking on the five seed San Diego State. Uh, and I guess this is the conference where the number 15 seed um, Princeton. Uh, beat number two seeded Arizona, number thirteen seeded uh, Furman, uh, beat the beat 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 the number four seed Virginia, and then they promptly lost in the round of uh, sixteen as well. So we have that uh, Midwest region. From what I can tell, this is pretty straightforward. Houston number one seed taking on number five seed Miami, number three seed Xavier taking on the number two seed Texas. Uh, and in the Western uh, Conference, you got number eight seeded Arkansas. That is the team that beat the number one seeded Kansas in the round of 32, taking on the number four seed UConn, and number three seed Gonzaga taking on number two seed US UCLA. That seems to be everything going on there. But we actually have someone coming into the show, so we're gonna let him on. <laughs> Give him a second here. And again, I, I'm I'm just gonna be honest. I don't know if either one of them is the uh, college basketball fan or if we just want to go straight into hockey. But ladies and gentlemen, don't kill me if I'm wrong on this. Larry Schmelrose is here. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Doing wonderfully fine. Terrifically terrific, if you will. Oh, okay. Going that way. Cool. All right. So. I know you're up there in Saskatoon and everything. Any interest in the college basketball going on? Uh, no. Um, I was offered uh, to do a bracket, and I declined because, uh, you know, I just don't watch college basketball all year, so it's just mm. not my thing. And I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch uh, the college basketball this weekend either. I was just kind of following along with it because I knew it was going on, but I didn't watch it myself. Um, so, Okay. We'll start with some hockey tonight, then, um, before everybody comes. Eh, we keep going when they come. Um, how are your Devils doing? Because I must confess, I have not been keeping up. Well, they had a tough stretch there because uh, they had the Florida run. I don't know if you're familiar with what their schedule was like. They had that nice win that we talked about last week against the Hurricanes, uh, which tied mm -hmm. them up for first place in the Metropolitan Division. Um, that's been the goal, try and get the first and play a wild card team to start as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe the Rangers is what it's been lined up for for the last month or so. Uh, probably even more. It's been lined up for a Devils-Rangers first round, which would be fun. 
but, you know, I also enjoy that if both teams can make it a little deeper. But it'd be great for the area of, you know, the tri-state area if those two teams could play in the first round. But uh, so after that 3 nothing win against the Hurricanes, they, they went on a Florida trip. Well, the Lightning came to the Devils uh, on a Tuesday, and then they went to Tampa on Thursday and then played Florida on Saturday and then finish it off with Tam- with Tampa in Tampa on Sunday. So it was kind of a grueling part of the schedule because those are two very good teams. Uh, and they ended up losing the first three bouts. They lost 4-1 Tuesday. They lost 4-3 Thursday in a shootout uh, to Tampa. Both of those were to Tampa. Then they lost 4-2 to the Panthers. Um, and then they went down a little bit early against the Lightning uh, Sunday, but they were able to pull out a 5-2 victory. Jesper Bratt had his first career hat trick in that game. Uh, really seemed to light a fire under the guys. And, uh, you know, they had another guy, Nolan Foote, scored his first NHL goal. It was a, it was a fun game for sure. Uh, you know, seven goals all combined, but five of them for the Devils. So, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Tampa fans might not have, but I feel like this was a really good test for the Devils, um, whereas they didn't come out, you, you know, with the results that they wanted, but they got a taste. They're starting to get a taste of playoff hockey. They have 12 games left in the season. Uh, the final game is on April 13th uh, in Washington against the Capitals. Uh, they do have a matchup with the Rangers in the Prudential Center at in Newark, uh, New Jersey, on Thursday, March 30th, which should be an interesting one. Um, so it's, you know, it's, they got between that, they have four more games between that. So it's going to be very important for them to not look ahead because that's a really big matchup right now. I mean, the tickets for that game are going at playoff prices because it's essentially a playoff game. Uh, the Rangers were down 10 points about a week or two ago, uh, from the devils and hurricanes. Actually it was that Sunday. They were down 10 points and they've been on a tear. They're only back, uh, five now. On the Devils and I believe six on the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are a point up on the Devils. Devils are in second in the Metro. Hurricanes are in first. Rangers are in third. Um, the Canes are a point up on the Devils and they have two games in hand, maybe three. Um, so it's definitely going to be an interesting end of the season. And like I said uh, on last week's show, I think I think I said it on last week's show or one of the shows. Uh, Penguins have been also coming on strong towards the end of the year. Now they did just get doused by the New York Rangers six to nothing uh, over the weekend. But um, other than that, they've been playing very well. And the Rangers just uh, set, I believe a record with the first ever back-to-back games where they had shutouts also with at least six goals. So I believe it was, um, God, I can't remember who they were playing. Uh, Sunday at the Garden, they scored four goals in three minutes, and they were up six nothing at the end of the first. So uh, they just they figured out. I think they figured out their line combinations uh, with the additions of Tarasenko and Kane, and they've got everything together, and it's starting to gel and start to roll. Now ups and downs. Uh, you have your good games, your bad games. There's no way you maintain those margins of victory coming into the end of the season. But for Ranger fans, that's got to be that's got to feel pretty good. I mean, those guys are starting to click. They started out when they got Kane. They tried to put the Kane on the Panarin line, and it, it felt like it seemed like they were forcing things, uh, forcing the issue because those two guys played together in Chicago. In case you didn't know that, um, so it felt like they were sort of forcing the issue there and trying to make all the pretty plays. 
Um, so they moved Kane off the Panarin line, put him with Tarasenko, and things have been working out much better for them there. So the Devils play tonight. They're actually starting now against Minnesota. And then I'd have to check and see if the Rangers are playing. I'm not 100% sure on that. And it looks like they're either kick, uh, tip, what do you call it? Um, what is it, facing off right now? Um, they're starting. They're going against Carolina. It wasn't oh, coming to me. Yeah, that's actually a very big game for the Devils. Believe it or not, um, mm. as a Devils fan, you're hoping for the Rangers to win that game. Um, if the Devils can pull out a win over the Wild, see, it's hard because you know you want to move ahead Carolina, but you also don't want the Rangers to gain ground on you. So really, yeah. If you- if you beat the wild, you want the Rangers to win that game because then you jump a point ahead of Carolina. Again, they have a couple of games in hand, which could go either way. They could win or they could lose. I always hated that. You know, people think that the team with two or three games in hand has an advantage because there's, I mean, that's saying you think they're going to win those games. Right. But there's no telling what's going to happen with those extra two or three games. Um, But then again, if you're the devils and you lose that game, are you better off keeping the same distance away from the Rangers? Um, because, you know, if you take second, Rangers take third, you got home ice advantage, which can be tough as a, in a Devils-Rangers rivalry because the Blue Shirts show up big at the Prudential Center. Um, but the Devils have been their best road team in the league this year. So that's another thing you got to look at. Um, hmm. It's really hard because if, if Carolina beats the Rangers and you lose to the Wild, the Rangers don't gain ground on you, but Carolina gets an extra two points on you. Um, but obviously, if you win tonight, you definitely want the Rangers to win so that you can jump ahead of Carolina and hold sole possession first place. Yeah. No. I would, I would ask you if the Rangers devils matchup is more important than moving ahead of Carolina, but I'm fairly certain I know the answer. So uh, if welcome tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Eric Tressler is here. Yeah. They can always face in another round, even if they don't face off in the first round. Mm. Yeah. So we started Which, off with a oh go ahead. I was gonna say, Eric, that's a good point. And honestly, as a Devils fan, I would kind of prefer to see the Rangers in a later round because that's the team you want to beat as a Devils fan. As you know, it's the Devils like you want to beat your rival, right? So if you see them in the playoffs, you want to beat them. The Rangers have last year's run under their belt. A lot of those players, even like the addition of Trocheck, Kane, Tarasenko, those guys have all made playoff runs in their careers. So the Rangers have that experience. If the Devils can get out of the first round not having to play the Rangers, you feel better as a Devils fan, in my opinion, because then you have a round under your belt. You understand playoff hockey a little bit better. This thing's changed in the playoffs. We all know that. Um, so as a Ranger fan, I think I would want to get the Devils right away. As a Devils fan, I'd rather see the Rangers uh, in a later round. Because let's be honest here. If you get knocked out by uh pittsburgh right it's heartbreaking you lost to a wild card team um but that's a team that you know you don't want to lose a pittsburgh but you definitely don't want to lose the rangers you know what i mean mm. yeah no i get that all right eric you got anything you want to throw in hockey wise here no um pretty good hockey wise otherwise um yeah just wait for the playoffs to start mm. only a couple more uh, weeks buddy Jamel Rose, you might have said this already, and I apologize. How's uh, how's Meyer been doing since you guys brought him over? 
uh, you know, they're, you know how I, earlier I said the Rangers seem to have figured out their, their combinations, their line combinations and things of that nature. It seems like the mm-hmm. Devils are still trying to figure that out. I like the way he looked with Jesper Bratt and I believe Nico Heischer um, against Tampa the other night. So we'll see if they keep that together. He didn't, I don't believe he had any points that night, but he definitely created a lot of offense. He creates chaos in front of the net as a big body. And then you got Brat, who's a shooter and he sure who's a workhorse. Um, so that combination seemed to work really well. It hasn't panned out as some fans would like, but you know, it's just taken a little bit more time to figure out what's going to gel, which lines are going to work best together. Mm. But so far, not disappointed though. I'm not disappointed at all, especially if they can ink him, uh, you know, after this year for, uh, mm. you know, the next three or four uh yeah. because, you know this is the first year getting back to the playoffs so this team is young if they get a guy like meyer for the next three or four years this group this core group which is a, a big core group is going to stay together um for some time and then you got to see if this young kid schmid uh works out and becomes the goalie of the future because i love vanacek i think he's played great hockey this year um, could he be a guy for the next couple of years? Maybe, but if this young guy can be the guy for the next decade, I mean, I think that's obviously the direction you want to go. Mm. I get you on that one. Yeah. And we'll welcome the only him. Thing in I guess to... I, I'm sorry to cut you off before I only you welcome Dave in first. Thank you. Thank you. And he is here. Dave Hastings is with us tonight, everybody. Yes. Dave, how you doing? Not too bad, Mike. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. All right. So we're doing so, a little hockey. Go right ahead, Eric. Yeah, I want to throw it at Schmoros. I'm looking at it, and it looks like there's probably going to be six teams in the East that finish with 100 points or more. Has that ever happened in the NHL where in one conference you've had this many teams? Because, I mean, obviously you have Boston's already crossed 100. But you look at Toronto with 93, Tampa with 90. Rangers with 92, Devils 97, Carolina 98. It's looking like six teams over 100 points. I know we've had some good seasons in the past. I can't remember one where we've had six in one conference over 100 points. You know, I, could I, can't, be I can't remember it either. I couldn't tell you if it's happened or not in the past. I'm going to say likely not because it's not something that I remembered. 100 points used to be like a very big milestone. That's um, what I thought. And the East yeah. has, during the regular season, uh, if you look at it, the East has just been dominating their, you know, they play each team plays two games against the West, um, each West coast team. So they've been actually dominating those matchups uh, pretty well. And that's part of the reason why, like a lot of times you would think, well, six teams are above and beyond everybody else because the rest of the Eastern conference isn't that good, but that's not the case. Like the Eastern conference has been a, a, a just a slugfest battle all year long. Whereas, like, you have one or two teams over in the West separating themselves from everybody. Um, the East Coast has been – the Eastern Conference has been ridiculously good this year. And that's why I really think that the winner – whoever wins the Eastern Conference wins the Cup this year. Um, and we're going to see how that all plays out. But it's been a battle in the East, and, and it's it's definitely going to be fun to watch in these, these upcoming playoffs. Fantastic. All right. So I think with that, we'll move on. Dave, you just come in. Why don't we talk a little football? Eric, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think at least in terms of the teams that we wind up focusing on here, 
I will say the trade the Cowboys made, I think, would be the biggest one out of those teams. Only those teams. We'll leave it at that. Um, and we get Brendan Cooks from the Houston Texans for a fifth-round draft pick this year, sixth-round draft pick next year. And, Dave, I'll let you start on this because I know you were higher on him uh, than I was throughout the season. And, Schmel Rose, I think your buddy Pfeiffer joined him on that sentiment. And we got him now. Talk a little bit. What were your thoughts when you heard this? You also signed Ronald Jones to fill Zeke's void. We'll see if that's a big one. He didn't do anything last year. No, he year. just sees he, most of the work's going to go to Pollard. It's just to have a backup. Mm. Dave, what do you say? Well, yeah, I mean, they signed, you know, Jones. They brought back uh, Rico Dowell, who really didn't get much time other than special teams for the team. Um, so now they got three on the depth chart. I'm pretty sure they'll add at least one more in the draft. Um, you know, I, and, you know, when it's all said and done, we've talked about this before. I honestly think for the most part, you can, there are special running backs, but for the most part, if you got a good offensive line, you could basically have anybody run for a thousand yards. Um, maybe not us, but you know, any <laughs> athletic person, uh, could probably run for a thousand yards in the NFL with, with a good offensive line. So, um, you know, I definitely think they go for somebody in the draft. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about the running back coming out of Texas, but I could, you know, I don't know, first round draft pick on a running back at this point, just seems like you're throwing away your first round draft pick. Um, but the Brandon Cooks trade made me really happy. Somebody that can take the top off the defense. He's a good route runner. He can, his route tree isn't limited to cer only certain routes. Um, he's got more thousand yard receive, uh, uh, receiving seasons in the last five years than um, some of the biggest names in the NFL, um, including guys like uh, 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 Stefan Diggs, um, DeAndre Hopkins. So, I mean, that tells you one thing, especially when you think about the teams he's been playing on and the quarterbacks he's been dealing with. So that says one thing for you. Um, and, you know, he's got Super Bowl experience. Um, he's, you know, 29, will be 30, during, turn 30 during the season. So he's still got some legs under him. He's, you know, some people are like, oh, he's injury prone, but he hasn't missed more than like three games in a year uh, throughout his entire career, I think. Um, so he's really not as injury prone as people think he is. So with what they gave up, I'm more than okay for it. Uh, it puts Gallup as their number three, which is where he really belongs. Um, you know, they, they're going to definitely have to draft somebody. They drafted somebody last year that they barely put on the field. So hopefully it was kind of a red shirt year for him more than anything else. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, overall, I'm a big fan of the trade, and I'm a, overall a pretty big fan of Dallas's offseason so far. And then I had to laugh when I found out today that Dalton Schultz signed with the Houston Texans on a one-year prove-it deal after, during the season, he turned down a three-year, $36 million deal from Dallas to stay in Dallas. So, um, I, I Schultz was never a guy where I was like, oh, my God, he's an all-pro, pro bowler, but he was a consistent for the most part, consistent and reliable guy. He just couldn't run block to save his freaking life. Um, but he was a good route runner. Dak trusted him. So, you know, I, I wish he, I kind of wish he took that deal, but maybe if he takes that deal, Dallas isn't making the moves that they've made so far this off season. So who the hell knows, but 
Overall, I'm happy with it. I'd love to see them get a defensive tackle, um, somebody that can play in the middle of that defense to shore that up. Um, And if they do that uh, before the draft gets here, they're going to go into the draft in a good spot where they're basically going to be able to take best player available and and really try to build the talent on this, uh, on the team, whether it be on offense or defense. Mm. Yeah. And um, listen, I think the cooks deal was a, good risk reward type thing on there the ronald jones thing you brought that up earlier i you kind of have hit it on the head when it comes to the running backs though so not too much more to throw in on that one there um let's just keep let's just keep it rolling man i mean to me this doesn't replace amari cooper but this this is a pretty good you know replacement for that even though again he's not amari cooper so i was happy about that and you said it best about Dalton Schultz. Like, I like Dalton Schultz. Yeah. But um, we have some decent tight ends. I'm not too worried about replacing him. So, Schmel Rose, I don't know if you or um, Fife want to chime in on a little football here. Anything this week stand out to you? Uh, Fife here. I just want to talk about that Dallas trade. Like, uh, you know. As a Giants fan, I was hoping we would make something like that kind of offer for for Cooks. Uh, you know, I'm not totally upset that it didn't happen. I'm, you know, it is what it is at that point. But, you know, I just feel like in that trade, I want to know what happened with that trade negotiation. I feel like Dallas called up with their first offer. Like, yeah, we'll give you a fifth this year and a sixth next year. And they were waiting for Houston to come back. Well, how about a fourth? And, a, and Houston mm-hmm. was just like, okay. Uh, Brandon, Brandon Cooks might have done that because, you know, he might have had a play in that because of the way he spoke about not wanting to be part of a rebuild. But that's, to me, where for Dallas gained something there because you have a guy who's coming into an organization and he wants to win. He hasn't won already. Um, so you bring in a guy who's hungry to get some victories. As far as Dalton Schultz goes, um, I think that kid, who do they have? His name is Ferguson. Yep. Uh, I feel like he's the same mold as like a Dalton Schultz. So I think they'll mm, be okay yeah. there. Like he's a big bodied receiver who can run routes, but I think he also might block a little bit better. Um, and he catches the ball very well. He gets open in the end zone in the red zone uh, from what, what we've seen of him. You have that kid, uh, Noah Brown, I believe it is. Who's a, who so, showed some flashes last year of being a good receiver. I think he, I think he's the one that left. I think he yeah, actually went to Houston. Yeah, so Noah he, Brown went to Houston as well. Okay, so he went to Houston as well. Okay, so that's the guy I thought maybe as a fourth receiver would have been good. But then again, like Dave said, if they could bolster up that defensive tackle position, they put themselves in a good spot to maybe take somebody in the draft. Um, because like he said, best player available at that point, fill some needs. Um, and then I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to write off Ronald Jones just yet. Because he's shown flashes of being a good, powerful runner if he can hold on to the football. Um, and when you're when you have a couple of fumbles and you're playing with Tom Brady and he gets in the coach's ear, like I don't want this guy on the field because I don't want to, you know, turn the ball over. But if he can fix that problem, he's a very good runner. So you know, a good compliment to a guy like Pollard who's explosive and dynamic. Mm. I mean, it'd be nice if he turns into that. I know when he was with Tampa Bay, he was pretty good, but like you like you guys said, he kind of bottomed out last year. So we shall see what happens there. Did either of you guys have anything else football-wise you want to bring up? 
Um, <laughs> I, I don't think. I mean, there really wasn't anything no. crazy big that happened this week, so I don't think yeah. so. Well, the the one thing I'll bring up, just and we don't have to talk about this that long. This this Aaron Rodgers thing is really going to drag out till June, isn't it? Yeah, I think my eyes are more on the Lamar Jackson situation. Well, I'm wondering how true it was. I know last night I saw something that teams like the Colts and the Vikings could be dark horse teams to get involved and make an offer sheet. I don't know how much truth there was to that, but other than that, that's the first I've heard about that in like two weeks myself. So we have that. I don't see the Vikings doing anything just simply due to the fact that they just uh, redid, restructured Kirk Cousins' uh, contract, which kind of puts them on the, on the hold for this at least this year. Mm. Like I said, I was not sure how much truth there was to that. Those are the only ones I've heard anything even remotely connected to uh, Lamar Jackson since it all started. All right. Um, well, that's all I got there. Uh, Dave, how much you've been watching the uh, March Madness this weekend? Uh, this might have been one of the craziest weekends ever in March Madness. So uh, yeah. if out on it, I feel bad for you. Mm. Well, I followed along with it. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, with some of the upsets and performances, mm-hmm. I mean, it was sad to see FDU get knocked out. But um, as a North Carolina fan, was more than happy to see uh, Duke get eliminated on Saturday. Um, so definitely enjoyed that. But, I mean, overall, it was just a great weekend of basketball uh, in tournament. And I think we're set up for another really good weekend uh uh, starting Thursday, mm-hmm. uh, I would not be surprised. I mean, there's not a lot of high, they're like they're really high seeds. There's not many of them left, so you're gonna have a whole bunch of teams playing that you know might have been counted out in the first or second round, and, and they're gonna be the ones playing. So I, I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be another great weekend. But and also, you gotta love uh, Tom Izzo and Michigan State and what they did. Um, you look at Gonzaga, like, are they finally going to get over the hump and go win one? Um, you know, there, there's a lot there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a hell of a, a final push. Can Alabama, you know, go win a national championship in basketball? I mean, there's a lot of storylines going on right now. Yeah, man. I, I was definitely following along with some of the upsets this weekend. So, I can't remember a time where this many um, underdogs, like deep underdogs, the 13, the 15, the 16, second time ever, the 16 beats the one. So I like, I don't remember a time where like three of them happened in the same weekend. I know we always talk about the March Madness and the upsets and everything, but those deep seedings, I don't ever remember that. Do you? Not this many of them, no. Yeah. All right. Um, Dave, did you have anything else basketball-wise? I know the Knicks are still doing pretty good. Knicks are doing pretty good. They're still fighting to get that four seed. Chicago 
pulled out a double overtime win last night against Philly, and this team just can't make up their damn mind of who the hell they are. So that's pretty freaking annoying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they don't know if LeBron's going to come back and play this year. Uh, Zion Williamson for the rest of the year. It was announced that Alonzo Ball is getting another surgery on his knee, so he's officially ruled out not only the rest of this year, but uh, could potentially miss all of next year as well, which would basically be three years in a row of him not playing. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be uh, – it, it's – I mean, the West is a, a crapshoot on the standings and where they're going to end up, while the East is really kind of starting to straighten itself out and – give you a little bit of a clearer you know view on what to expect and, and where your standings are going to be but the sad part I mean Philly's a team that's going to only go as far as Embiid and Harden can carry them um Milwaukee's still probably the best team top to bottom um and yeah the Knicks are going to be a headache uh, they should be I think they could win their first round matchup and Whoever they get in the second round, they're going to be a pain in that team's ass and could definitely push them, you know, to a long series. And all you need is a couple of bounces to go your way to pull it out. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, but the East is definitely starting to take shape while the West is really a crapshoot. I think the craziest thing, though, is that Golden State has now lost 12 in a row on the road, tying the – uh, as the tying the worst uh, road loss streak record in NBA history of a defending champion with the 98-99 Bulls. So that was the Bulls team that uh, Jordan retired already. Pippen left and went to Portland. And they were basically down to Tony Kukoc. I don't even think they had Steve Kerr anymore. Um, and that, that was a team that lost all their players you know, going into the next season after they won a championship while Golden State basically has the same roster and they've now lost 12 in a row on the road. Yeah. That is ridiculous. I remember that team after, after the dynasty. I think Kerr was gone. I think you were right on that. Yeah, I think that was his first year with San Antonio. His year with San Antonio, cousin David brings up Pippen going to Houston. So, oh, yeah, I thought it was Portland, but Portland was after Houston. Yes, yes. Now, Houston came first and apparently him and Charles Barkley still don't like each other to this day because of whatever went on in Houston. So there's that. Welcome, Eric, back here. You got anything you want to throw in basketball wise, brother? Uh, basketball wise, just um, not, I got to be honest, I haven't paid as much attention to the NBA as we have college basketball lately. Um, just because of March Madness and all that, I haven't been as locked into the NBA as I, I was previously. Um, no, other than, I guess, you know, we're coming down the home stretch, right? What's there, less than 10 games left? Yeah, most Something. teams are less. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm looking at I mean, the, the thing I'll say is I think it ended the way I thought it would with the Knicks in around the five seed playing Cleveland in the four. I didn't think Brooklyn would be able to hold on to that five seed after that trade, even though they played well and they're still playing well, holding on to the six seed. Um, a game up on Miami, but uh, pretty much, you know, almost in a deadlock because it's just Miami's played two more games than Brooklyn has. Um, New York already 42 wins over 500. So I'll say that a uh, positive improvement from last year. 
and they look like a tough out for anybody. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, other than that, not much stands out. Other than the Lakers still out of the playoffs right now. 35 and 37, a half game behind Utah for the last spot in the West. To me, if the Lakers don't make the playoffs, when you have LeBron and AD, I'm sorry. And then you go out and you trade Westbrook and you do all these other things. I'm sorry. If you cannot even muster up a playoff berth to even get into the playing round, I got to be honest. I, it's probably time to throw in the towel on LeBron. I know he's holding on until Bronny Jr. gets here, but I mean, over the last five seasons, he's missed north of 100 games when in the first 15 years of his career, I don't know if he missed 100 games total. Um, He's slowing down. AD doesn't seem to be the player that everybody, you know, was expecting him to be Um, either, even though he's a great player. People looked at him as a a superstar and, like, the next best or one of the next best out there, Um, especially when that trade was made for him. And now you're looking at it going, I don't know. This is is not a a very good roster, a very good team. And that being said, I mean, I think it would be a colossal disappointment if the Lakers don't make it. I'm also going to throw – uh, two other teams out there. You have New Orleans who, I'm sorry, since Zion entered the league, and I was even high on Zion coming out of the playoffs. If Zion and them can't make the playoffs again, and he's still hurt and whatever else, I got to say you're throwing in the towel on him too. I think he, he it almost time to, to I, I know when he's on the court, he's phenomenal, but can he stay on the court? And when he's on the court, can this team be a winning team? Right now, they're under 500. I don't know if they're even going to finish at 500, so that's a disappointment. And then the last one I'm going to mention is a giant disappointment to me is probably a guy who's getting paid more than anybody in the league. I can't think of another player getting paid more than him annually. Mike, you could probably fact check me on that, but Damian Lillard in Portland, what is the purpose of paying him 61 million or 62 million, whatever he's making this year and next year? Oh, I think that's the highest. Why is well like why pay that for a team who's under 500 and not making the playoffs? Is he putting enough fans in the stands to make it worth it for ownership to pay him that much money? I'm just throwing that question out there. Everybody out there, you guys can chime in now. Um, but those are my biggest disappointments, and I'm gonna end on that Lillard thing because I just don't understand how the highest paid guy in the sport could be nine games under 500, not even sniffing a playoff berth. Well, I mean, in all fairness, they did trade away C.J. McCullough, and they didn't really replace him, the whole rebuilding thing. I don't know, Dave, if you can speak a little more on that to me, but it seems like they traded away a lot of his help. He he has no help, and the reason they pay him that money is because he's the only reason people show up to watch the Trailblazers. Mm. But if they finish under 500 and there's no chances of playoffs or anything else, how long until the fans stop paying to come and see a losing team with the guy who could put up seven? It's not going to be too long, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that that's a great question. But, I mean, at the same time in Portland, how many sports teams do you really have, have to go watch? Listen, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd rather go watch point. Quidditch than watch that. You know, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather, you know, I'd – there's got to be something else going on. Maybe they got a great curling team. I don't know. 
Like I maybe maybe there's a hockey sack league they're all into. I'm not sure. Uh, that's, that's... But, but yeah, I just yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I can't I can't answer that one for you. Yeah, and we got. I, I, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. I mean, he he's one of the best players in the league, but like they have no talent on that team besides him, and it 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 shows when he drops seventy and they still only win by four. Yeah. I I think it's a, I think it's a little but what uh, both of what you guys are saying because yes, sixty two million dollars a year for Lillard. I love Lillard and everything, but. You know, just because you give a point guard that, you do got to put people around him. So it it kind of fault on on both sides on that one. But um, I don't necessarily disagree with you, though. And the Zion one, can you imagine in 2019 the Knicks got Zion and Kyrie Irving in that offseason instead of them going to the Nets and Pelicans respectively? Because I was thinking that the other day. That would have been a freaking walking disaster. Nick so, fans were happy. For a minute. And then everything would have gone south really quickly. <laughs> I don't know if you agree on that one, Eric. Yeah, I agree yeah. on it. I agree on it. I'm I'm all I like again, the more the more time passes. The more I'm okay with them drafting R.J. Barrett, the more I'm okay. He's getting paid a lot less than Zion. He's getting paid a lot less than a lot of other people. Um, and we're going to have him for another four years. Whereas Zion, you could pay him for another four, but who knows what you're actually getting there. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. But I'm uh, – yeah, I don't uh, – yeah. Um. All right. I'm trying to think if there was anything else we needed to cover basketball-wise because, Eric, I'm sure you got thoughts about college basketball. So, did you guys have anything else? No. Only once. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so, yeah, we were talking a little college basketball before you got here. You brought up the tournament. We were talking about only second time 16 seed beats the number one. You have the 13 going over a four or two uh, – uh, 15 beating it two, and I think Dave brought up Duke and some of the other ones that went out. Number two Marquette goes out in the, around a 16, uh, round of 32. What stood out to you, Derek? Well, the biggest upset of the tournament, FDU over Purdue. You were watching that at the time, right? I was watching that. I was. I was at uh because it was it was on St. Patrick's Day, and uh, my wife's family they do a big. St. Patrick's Day party every year. So we were over there and everybody watching it. It was, you know, probably 15 or 20 of us there, like, you know, around two different TV sets um, watching this game, especially as it got into the closing minutes. You're like, holy shit, FDU can actually do this. Holy crap. Like, what's about to happen here? Uh, And all of a sudden, it just got more interesting and more interesting and more interesting. So, yeah, I think it's, it's exciting. Um, and it was a lot of fun to watch and being another local team. Now you have multiple teams from Jersey, um, whether it's Princeton, uh, who also uh, two beating a 15 in this tournament. You have St. Peter's last year as a 15, um, making a, making a little bit of a run. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's an exciting time. And as you guys know, this is, this is like my favorite time of year. 
So, or one of my favorite sports times of year. So, yeah, no, just just the amount of upsets and just the amount of fun in this tournament. It's a reason that it's like the best tournament out there because uh, the teams, even though you have one through 64, if you have the 64th best team in football, like you could tell. You could tell who the 64th best team in football is. You can't always tell that in college basketball. The parity across college basketball is truly something that is like almost unmatched. I mean, the only thing I'll say maybe comes close. I think there's a lot of parity in hockey as well. Um, but I, I think more than any, it, it's really college basketball. Um, and it's just been a ton of fun to watch. These games seems like every game too is coming down to like the last possession, or you know the the you know or the last closing minutes. Um, there aren't a ton of blowouts in this tournament, which I'm enjoying uh, because listen, everybody just wants to see an enjoyable game. Nobody wants to tune in and see it be you know 87 to 52. Nobody wants a blowout. Everybody just wants to tune in, entertain me, clowns like entertain me. And <laughs> so far, it's been entertaining. I can't complain one bit. Well said there. Well said there. Um, all right. So anything stand out to you heading into the um, Sweet 16 this weekend? See the matchups, but I feel like you could speak on some of these matchups a little better than I can on this. Um, Speaking of Sweet 16 matchups, all right, so let's go through them real quick. Michigan State, Kansas State, good game. Uh, Michigan State's a tournament-tested team. They're there year after year. Going to be a hard out probably, but Kansas State looks to be playing really good basketball, so that should be a fun game. Um, UConn-Arkansas. Arkansas Arkansas knocked off who in their last game? Let me see. They they knocked off number one Kansas. That was it in their last game. So they're riding high right now going against number four UConn, who UConn is also playing well. Again, I think it should be an incredible matchup, you know, close game. Uh, Another one that that I didn't see coming either was FAU and Tennessee, uh, 9-4. I I think I had picked somebody else other than FAU. I didn't think they were going to get out of the first round. Um, In fact, they did. Then they won a second game. Um, Who who did they beat on Saturday? Fairly Dickinson. Yeah. So, kind of, uh, you know, that's a little bit sad because my wife went to Fairly Dickinson. So oh, um, also, also her uncle went there. So he went apparently to get beat Purdue in the last like two minutes of the game. He ran to his room and grabbed an old sweatshirt, an old fairly Dickinson sweatshirt and put it on. It was cheering him on. So it is a little sad to see FDU knocked out of the tournament, but at the same time, that's a memory that those kids in that school always have. And uh, one of only two teams to ever, ever upset a number one, and that's something those kids uh, will always have with them through life. Like, so that's that's really cool and uh, you know pretty awesome. But uh, FAU Tennessee, um, FAU thirty three and three on the year, so they're no slouches. Um, Tennessee's a good team, so that should be another close game. And then Gonzaga UCLA uh, two versus three. That that that's one of the only brackets that you know or parts of a bracket that didn't get busted up um, so far. Um, and then, uh, you got, uh, on Friday, Alabama, San Diego state, um, Alabama's a team I picked to win it all. Uh, I know that's kind of a little bit like you guys saying, oh yeah, I bet you picked Alabama, but I Mm. I swear I didn't pick them because of the football team. 
Um, I watched a little bit of them in the NSCC tournament. I've never been high on an Alabama basketball team before, but it is something I'm interested in. You know, I, I'm, I'm following them now. So we're going to see how they do. Um, but that should be a good game against San Diego State, uh, who, again, seems like a team you keep hearing about in the tournament or at least hear their name, you know, uh, you know, the last few years anyway. I feel like San Diego State's a pretty solid team. Um, so hopefully that's a fun matchup. Another fun matchup should be Miami-Houston. Um, Houston, number one seed, Alabama and Houston, the only two number one seeds left. Um, can they make it without getting upset? We'll see. Uh, Princeton, number 15, Princeton at number six, Creighton. Can Princeton continue their improbable run? They're number 15 seed all the way to the Sweet 16. Uh, I am going to root like hell for them. They've had a great season, and I think they're going to play Creighton really tough. I wouldn't be surprised to actually see uh, Princeton upset. Creighton and make it to the Elite Eight. I think it could happen. Mm. Um, that being said, uh, another bracket, part of the bracket that didn't exactly get busted up is number three or number two Texas, number three Xavier. Um, another game that's just going to be really tough. So I'm looking forward to all these. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And yeah, those, that's that's your Sweet Sixteen matchups. Cool, cool. I don't know Dave, if you've got have... anything? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, what's what's so crazy about this is that by the time we connect again, we're already going to be down to four teams. You know, <laughs> so it's, like, it's great to sit here and, like, break down the sweet team, but then what's our Elite Eight going to be, right? Like, it, and it, like, really turns into – and that's what makes college basketball and the tournament so I'm gonna much. I'm going to throw better. it out there right now. I'm going to put – I'm going to call it Alabama, Houston, Princeton, and I'm going to say Texas over Xavier – and then tomorrow or uh, Thursday, I'm going to say – I'm going to take the upset in Michigan State over Kansas State. I'm going to take UConn over Arkansas, Tennessee over FAU, and give me UCLA over Gonzaga. Dave, you want to do picks? Oh, all right. Um, man, I was – this um you bring it up i'm gonna throw them out yeah all right i gotta find my pen oh here it is go ahead yukon over arkansas give me gonzaga over ucla Tennessee over FAU, Michigan State. I'm I'm riding the uh, the Izzo train. I'm all for it. Um, I just um, I'll take Houston and them staying alive. I'll take Bama staying alive. I will take. <laughs> Texas over Xavier, and, and you know what? Let's ride the let's ride the way. Let's Princeton Tigers keep it going. Nice. All right, so I'll write these down. What do you have? Gonzaga and UConn. You said right? Yeah. 
All right, Eric, let me see if I can remember yours. You at UCLA? Yes. At UConn? Yes. You had Tennessee? I think you took Kansas State? Yes. No, I took the other one. Who's Kansas State playing? I took Michigan State. Okay. Michigan State. Michigan State. And you had Houston and Texas. And Bama. And I can't remember if you had Princeton or uh, Creighton or Princeton. Princeton. Took Princeton. All right. So I think we're all. Okay. I think we're all taking Princeton. I'll take Alabama as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I'm going to say Xavier and Miami. Um, what do we got here? I'll say Michigan State and Tennessee. Um, um, yeah, I'll take UCLA. And, you know, I'm going to be different than you guys. I'm going to take Arkansas. Okay. Oh, Fife, you still around? I'm here, yeah. Uh, actually, it's Larry Schmelrose now. I've switched back. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not going to pick I... any of that. Um, <laughs> I do have to wrap up and get going here. Um, so I just wanted to thank you guys for having me. And I did want to say one thing while we're talking. Well, first I'll say TBL had a heartbreaking loss last week. We're not in the championship this week. Um, we lost 30 seconds left in the third period. But more important than that, while we're talking about college sports, for those of you who are interested in hockey, um, on Thursday, the uh, national championship for college hockey starts up. And they're all on an ESPN network, um, ESPN2, ESPNU, and ESPN News. Um, the first one's on ESPN2 Thursday at 2 p.m., uh, you know, it's a really fun tournament to watch. I know everybody's more into the basketball when it comes to March Madness and everything, but this is my, like, I, I don't watch a lot of college hockey as, as the season rolls on. But once we get to this point, I try and watch as much of these games as I can. It's great. They're on all day when they're on. Um, so it starts out Thursday, 2 p.m., rolls all night. Last game starts Thursday at 9, and then they're back on the ice with the next bracket um, on Friday. 24th and for those of you who are devils fans keep an eye on michigan uh luke hughes the younger brother of jack and quinn hughes quinn plays over in vancouver uh luke hughes plays for michigan and when michigan season's over he will be joining the devils so as devils fans it's something to watch somebody to look at somebody you know keep an eye on he's a really good player some say he's probably the best hughes player there is but i think time's gonna have to tell on that one uh but again thank you guys for having me keep an eye out for the college hockey tournament and Last I checked, the Rangers were up one nothing on Carolina, and the Devils were tied 0-0 uh, at the first intermission. So, Schmelrose, you got to have Fife give you his phone. I sent something in the group chat that we have with him, and it's a video introducing the superhero night that's going on tonight at the Rock. Right. Um, and I think that um, you and both you and Fife would both will both get a kick out of it and enjoy it. 
and you put that into the four, the yeah. group chat with all of us. Yep. All right, that hasn't come through yet, but I will definitely keep an eye out for it. Did it not send? No, it's uh, sent. I got it. I, I see it. I, I, I do see it. Sometimes my Wi-Fi, uh, for whatever reason, group text messages get held up. Well, when, whenever it comes through, uh, check it out. It, it's like a, a 45, 50 second video, but it's it's pretty cool as a Marvel superhero devil fan combo. I definitely was quite upset. No offense to any of you guys, but definitely would have loved to be there for superhero night. <laughs> oh, also uh, Fife here again. Uh, Eric, I don't know if you've started. I know we've talked about this in the past, not to get off sports, but... Uh, I, my wife and I just started with the first couple episodes on DVR of the new se uh, season of Survivor, and uh, I gotta say I'm unimpressed with all characters on the show right now. Yeah, no, I'm with you, especially. I mean, that, 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 if you're caught up, then I'm not caught up yet. I have one more to. I'm on. Uh, I just finished right. episode two last night, so you'll know what I'm talking about when it gets to this. But there's there's one chick where it's like, why'd you even bother showing up? Like. <laughs> Why? Why? Why do you even? Why you Why you even come to the game? Like, why? Why you signed up for Survivor? Why? Like, and, oh. and then next week we can talk about because you're gonna you're gonna watch it and you're gonna go. I know exactly what the fuck he's talking about. Like, well, like, well, like, <laughs> it's it's one of those things. Where it's like, why fucking show up? Why bother? Like, well, what, and what? Uh, I I did see the one where uh, somebody got voted out, and it was just one vote got them voted out. Because of the yeah, no, that, that was a pretty cool tribal council. I'll give it that. But uh, other than that, the characters have been unimpressive to me. There's no like, like who's that one dude that we thought should have won it the one time? The big dude, oh, yeah, but, he, that, but he wasn't uh, very good socially. But there's nobody yeah, yeah. like him. There's no Aussies there. There's there's none of that. You got no, a guy who climbed a rock and almost killed himself. You know, like what are they That's doing? About it. <laughs> so I, it's a show that I. Uh, plan on signing up to try and get on one day. I don't know how possible that is. My wife told me I'm allowed to go on season 50 since we have like a baby coming. She doesn't want me to sign up just yet. So I think after the next season, I'm going to try and sign up and see if it takes maybe a couple seasons to get on. But I'm definitely going to try and get my ass to Fiji and see if I can't win a million dollars. Listen, I'll tell you what, if nothing else, it's a fucking fantastic experience. And that's why what I said a minute ago about like, why the fuck did you even show up? It, it's even more prevalent like once you see it like like what uh, the yeah. fuck? and then like if you go out there and you make it to the jury you basically get uh you know like an all expensive paid trip to fiji or you just party and drink for the rest of the time so i'm cool with that right but, hey that's uh, one way to that's one hey, way to look at it go ahead i do, I do gotta <laughs> get going for bedtime and uh I will catch you guys next week again. Thank you so much for having me. And please, guys, if you get a chance, just flip on ESPN when this this college hockey tournament's going on. You're going to like it, man. It's really fun, fast, good hockey. So if you like hockey or sports in general, um, it's something that I feel like flies under the radar because of basketball's March Madness, but it's a very fun tournament. All right. I'm in. I'll give it a right, try. Boys. Have hey. a good night. And uh, I would say go Team Yellow, but shit, we're out of it. Yeah, I was going to say sorry for your loss there, uh, Shmel Rose. That's all right, man. It was a heartbreaker. But you know what? We played a good game. We gave it a run. Uh, we, we had a pretty wild ride to get in and uh, just fell a little bit short at the end. That's all. All right. Well, 
in a phrase familiar with my people, better luck next year. Um, yeah, it's, it's not even a year, man. The next draft is April 4th. So we'll be starting okay. up mid April, man. You just, you know, you wipe tears away, you get back to it. Not that anyone cried. We just had a couple of beers. We'll see you later. But other than that, you know, we're right back to it, man. That's what I love about it. it just keeps going all year. Hell yeah. All right, all right man. Boys, well, have a good one. Thank you for you being too. with us. Larry Schmelrose, everybody. The greatest. All right. <laughs> nice. Delayed. Beautiful. Yep. All right. So I don't know if you guys want to do it before we move off of college basketball. You guys want to pick your final force? No. I don't I okay. don't I don't have it all tracked up in the bracket in front of me to remember it. Yeah, plus if we screw up any of the Elite Eight, then it's going to, you know, if we get any of those wrong, then our Final Four is automatically going to be wrong. So we'll wait and just pick pick the Final Four next week. Okay. Anyway. um, Okay, so we'll move on there. Um. Well, there's one thing I wanted to ask you guys. I wanted to do like a little conversational thing like we did a few months back there because I was thinking about something. And maybe this is a long conversation. Maybe this isn't. But, okay, it hasn't happened so much in like pro sports. It's happened a little bit in baseball. How happened with Mike Trout, I believe, a few months back. What are you guys' thoughts on the adult fan seekers who track the athletes show up at like the airport with like a crate of things that they want the athlete to sign. What what are you guys thoughts on that? Because I've seen this pop up a little bit more over the last year, I'd say. And Eric, we can start with you. So what's the question again? I'm trying to understand the question. You know, the adult fan seekers who will go to like airports to like track the players movements and they'll ambush them at the airport with like a crate full of like 30 baseballs or something that they want them to sign. Not like children fan seekers, but like grown men who consider it a business. No, I don't know that actually. But say it again. <laughs> okay. All right. Explain. I'm, I, I'm, but something's going over my head. Okay. So like Mike Trout is getting going to some airport a few months back and a couple of guys show up with like a crate of like memorabilia for trout to sign for free. And Eric, you know what they do with the memorabilia. They'll take it, especially if they have a bulk amount, they'll put it online to sell. And then these guys who get rejected go to like Instagram or something and they tilt the video to make it look like the dude was being a dick when in the meantime, these guys just ambushed him at the airport, expecting them to sign like 30 autographs for him. Um, like I, I'm still not understanding something. Dave, help me out here. Please pick me up where I'm going down. Cause I'm, I'm honestly, lost somewhere. Mike, honestly, I think where you confused Eric is the, the fact that you thought this would potentially be a, a conversation. Like, this is like to me it's like get a fucking life and do something else with it and you're an asshole for trying to make the athlete look like an asshole because you fucking stalk them and don't have anything else to do with your life Mm. i mean that's my general thoughts on it i just kind of have seen this pick up um 
some steam over the last six to eight months, I'd say. And not just in like baseball or stuff like that. You guys know I kind of keep an eye on pro wrestling. Well, but but here's here's my thing though, because you're describing something that happened to me when I was a kid. And what do you mean? I think I think he was an asshole. And I'll continue to think that the athlete was an asshole. You know, I was at a charity softball game, David Wells charity softball game in nineteen ninety-eight. Down here in Clearwater, where or down here in Florida, where the Yankees have their spring training site, David Wells had a charity event where he had multiple, I'm talking big stars from baseball, some retired, some not retired, like guys like Andre Dawson, um, David Cohn, Derek Jeter, Ken Griffey Jr. is the player I'm specifically talking about. So we're talking late 90s, height of his career. He is on the in on the infield, like grass, like over by where the batting, you know, where you would warm up to bat. Sure. Sure. And he's just playing soft toss with somebody. I'm a 13-year-old kid. I have a baseball. I have a Sharpie pen. Uh, or actually, it was a softball I had and a Sharpie pen. And I was asking different players to sign. And every player I asked from – Derek Jeter to David Wells to David Cohn to anybody. I have Don Zimmer on there. I have, I think, Steinbrenner maybe even on there. I mean, I got Andre Dawson. I got I got a whole, like, tons of people on this softball. I see Ken Griffey. He's, again, 15 feet away from me or so. And I say, hey, Mr. Griffey, can you sign this for me? And I toss him the ball and the pen. He catches it, takes it, and just throws it back to me. Completely ignored me. And walked away. And okay. I was like, what a douche. Like, to me, like, that's like what you're almost describing is like, well, if I'm in the airport, well, I that, have to run that, into somebody and like, I'm a 13 year old kid, like, and you don't do that. I didn't have social media back then to blow Ken Groovy up and be no. like, hey, this dick didn't sign it for me. Like, but again, you're, when you're a kid, I think it's different. If you're some 45 yeah, year old basement talking dwelling, about, just so you know. cousin humping loser. Who doesn't know what he's doing and like you know, Mr. Sign your ball for me, you know, and you know, then I I get it. Like, you know, get the fuck away from me. You're a creep. Like, no, you're gonna take the shit and sell on the internet anyway. Get away from me. Like, I'm fine with that. But like when it comes to kids, I think you've gotta like take the time to sign it and do those things with the kids. Like I do. I just like I, I don't know, that's just me. That's just yeah, how but- I feel about it. But like if you're telling me, like, I don't know which it was, like which group are we talking about here? Well, not not the group that you were in. I could just tell you that. Not no, no, no. I'm not talking about kids coming up for an autograph. You had one ball you wanted to sign. You had a bunch. I, that's that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the fact that now it's not just the 13 year old kid trying to meet the um the athlete. The and first of all, you said it was Griffey. There was something else going on there. He had a problem with the Yankees because the way he was treated. I don't think he really liked Yankee fans. Listen, I don't care if you like Yankee fans or not. You're at a charity event. This yeah. isn't a baseball game. This isn't Major League Baseball putting this on. This isn't. Nobody forced him to be there. He went there on his own. He didn't have to go to this charity event. He chose to go to this charity event. And that's the way you're going to treat kids? He came out of the dugout, signed one autograph. That is it. Yeah. I mean, Listen. That's and he did it bad. as a publicity stunt because the cameras were on him. He came out of the dugout during one of the innings, signed one kid singing with back in. Mm. It was bullshit. 
Yeah, listen, I am not disputing that is bullshit. I just want to know. And that's not what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about the fact now at the airports, it's not the 13 year old kid hoping for an autograph. You have guys coming up who are like professional collectors. These are not just regular fans I'm talking about. The ones who come up and try to get the try to take advantage of the athletes who do sign the autographs and everything and have them sign in bulk sometimes for like an hour or something like that to get them to sign everything so they could just resell it. That's what I'm talking about. You would enter into a uh, different group that, no, you guys are supposed to be able to do it and they should sign it for you. So, and cousin David in the chat is pointing out here, apparently Pete Rose wouldn't sign his stuff when he was at Gracie mansion for a charity event when he was 12 years old. So he would have been a year younger than you at the time, uh, Eric. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, no, your view is a dick. So I'll say that. But again, if you're some weirdo cousin humping loser in your basement trying to sell this shit for money, like, and I, I'm all for the athletes telling you to fuck yourself. Like, you know, it depends. Because again, I've had those people too. I was at a Yankee game down here in Tampa. I was, at, I was again right around that 1998, and I was, you know, went out to the outfield, got there for batting practice, and didn't catch a home run. But as I'm standing there, I'm one of the only kids in the Yankee jersey. And not the greatest name in the world I'm about to mention because as a person, but he was a Yankee. Uh, Chad Curtis uh, was in the mm-hmm. outfit shagging balls. Well, he sees me in the Yankee jersey, turns around, he points directly to me, throws me the ball. While the ball's in the air, some fat-ass fucking loser comes running down the aisle. And literally, he's got a shopping bag filled with balls. <laughs> and I like I catch it. He puts his glove over mine. It's just, kid, that's my ball. I said, fuck you. I grabbed it and I ran away. Like, I was like, fuck you. Literally, you're trying to steal a ball from a kid when he's got a shopping bag full. Of, what the fuck are you going to do with all these balls you shag? Like, what are you, yeah. you going to do? What, are, like, what, what is the purpose of getting this one ball that you know Chad Curtis is throwing to me? Is I'm the only Yankee fan standing here in the area. And you're going to try and steal it from me? Fuck you. So I didn't let him mm. do it. You know? And yeah. I, I got the ball and I brought it home. I still have that ball in my office. But, yeah, I just, uh, I'm, I, you know, so those losers do exist. And for those losers, I wish nothing but, but shame and, and misfortune for them. And the fact that they try to turn around, take the video, put it on, like, TikTok or something in a way that make the athletes look like dicks. Like, those are the people you want to see get arrested. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dave, I don't know. You ever had any any situations like this? Um, no. I, I, I don't think I ever got a note for uh, an autograph. Uh, maybe, was it Lawrence? Maybe Lawrence Taylor told me no. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I just thought, like, uh, the the fat trying to take advantage of an athlete for their autograph for your profits it, it's it's ridiculous especially being like eric said your fucking cousin humping loser like you're tracking this guy's movement so you know where what airport they're going to be at when they're landing when they should be you know offloading from the plane like that's fine like get a fucking life so yeah that that i'm not a huge that that's just ridiculous to me so that would probably be my, you know, my thoughts on this overall. But 
yeah. a little kid comes up to you, you should be you should be able to, you should give that kid a fucking uh, an autograph. Like you're you're what's going to determine if that kid dreams to play the sport you play. Like, why wouldn't you want to give them that memory and and something that you know they'll hold on to for the rest of their fucking life? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's no, I totally. Yep. I totally agree. All right, Dave, maybe not quite the conversation piece I was I was going for here because we all do agree with it. It's one of those things, quite frankly, I, I never understand when I see it get put up that way because when you hear the like everybody's going for shock value here. Once you actually hear the story, it always winds up being the same. Like I said, there's a few of these that have happened over the last year. So hopefully that stops. But I, I think with that, Eric, I, I already talked about the thing that happened uh, to my baseball team on Thursday. Let me ask you something. I have certain feelings about the World Baseball Classic. What do you think about the World Baseball Classic? I could take it or leave it. I'll be honest with you. I know that the yeah. guys are having a lot of fun with it, it seems like, this year. And I've seen the ratings for it this year are, I think, double what they were like three years ago. So, I mean, the ratings-wise are killing it. I think they showed a stat that, like, more than half of the homes in, like, the in the Dominican, I think when the Dominican was playing Puerto Rico, maybe, I think it was, like, more than half of the people there were just watching the games. So, I mean, I just thought that, that was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I uh, – mm. um, I, 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 I don't hate it. But at the same time, this is a year when different rules and different things are getting implemented. And that's where it's kind of hard because you're going to have some guys that come in and they're going to be a little behind the eight ball compared to where other people were. Because mm-hmm. the WBC is not even using the new rules. No exactly. pitch clock or anything like that. So there's that. Let me ask you something. Because my big thing against the WBC is I don't like having a – championship level whether you or not and i heard a couple people saying it was bigger than winning world series by the way they asked people who never won a world series before if the wbc was uh, a bigger thrill than winning the world series and they said yes because they had no frame of reference so there's that but i don't like the idea of putting this type of event in march when players are supposed to be getting ready for the season regardless I agree with you. it should be a yeah. january thing Especially if you're going to play it in Caribbean countries or play it in like warmer what about weather November? places. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. November is too close to the World Series. Too close. You're not going to have teams that, that will do that. Uh, yeah, but I you, think you, you could put in a rule. And again, I'm sorry to cut you off there. You could put in a rule that it has to start to like no, but I no less it, time than two weeks after the World Series. I, why ahead, I would want it the way I'd want it, though. Go ahead. I'd want it this way because then you it's almost like you're running if you do it in winter or you do it in november you're coming off a long season where guys are already you know had a long season they don't want to keep playing they need a break their bodies need a break doing it in january they could do it as a lead-in to spring training and then now you have guys that are coming into spring training who are already a little bit warmed up and then go rolling right into spring training and hopefully guys won't need as much time to get ready and 
Uh, maybe it'll even, you know, help avoid a few injuries because if guys are getting ready earlier, maybe even some injuries happen earlier, but it gives them more time to recover. Uh, I definitely think that doing it in January is a better idea than November. I don't hate the idea of January. I would rather November than January. Your idea makes sense. So I can't, I can't really say too much against it because it's, it's sound. It makes sense from that standpoint. What about Dave? What do you think? Dave? You got any, any thoughts on the World Baseball Classic? Have you even cared to watch it all, anything at all? Uh, the game for the U.S. where they uh, hit a grand slam to win the game was on at the bar I was at Saturday night, so I saw that. Um, but, like, you know, the bar probably – it was a small bar. Maybe had, like, 20 people in it, 25 people. And I think maybe, like, five people reacted to it, so not many people were actually paying attention. But I saw it happen. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, I got the Devils game on right now, so when they hit a commercial break, I've been flipping over to see where it's at since it's the championship game. But when it comes down to the actual, like, when they should play, I do agree it shouldn't be this close to the season. Now, the injury that happened to the the Mets player, like, dude was celebrating. That's just a freak injury. That's not related to the actual game he played. Um, So, like, that, that's just bad luck. But I do think, you know, having it this something like this, this close to the season, like if you think about it, the Winter Olympic or the Summer Olympics when they or whatever one they play basketball in. Right. The Summer Olympics, I think it is like, yes, that starts, you know, a couple weeks after the end of the season. And then from there, it's wrapped up with like six weeks left or six or six around six weeks until the um preseason and training camp start for basketball so these guys get a chance to kind of cool their bodies down but at the same time it gives them the opportunity as well to you know already be in better shape and but you never know injuries are going to happen so i I don't really think it overall matters Mm. well listen like i said i i wanted to talk more about the world baseball classic and you guys seem to I think we're all kind of on the same page on this one. It, it, I, I don't fundamentally hate the idea of the World Baseball Classic, but everybody needs to remember this is only like the fourth or fifth World Baseball Classic. So the idea that these teams should be treated like the Olympics, I don't think it's there yet. And especially with the way that certain players are able to cho- choose which countries they represent. Uh, like a Rosa Reina, I think was on us a couple years ago. Uh, there were a couple, I what Stroman was on us a few years ago. Now he's on Puerto Rico. Um, so you have guys who are able to kind of bounce off of teams, and I'm not really sure how it goes, Pick it, pick a country and stick with it. If you're going to change countries, I can't take it as seriously. That's the joy of dual citizenship. There's yeah, people. but I, I, they're much more liberal with it in the WBC than they are in the Olympics on that subject, though. Sorry, Dave. Well, like you said, it's brand new. They're still trying to figure out what works. When it's all said and done, I mean, like Eric was saying, the ratings for this year has been much better than previous years. So that, tell, you know, that tells you people are into it. And you can see the players. They're having fun playing for their countries. Like They look like they're genuinely enjoying themselves. 
And I mean, that's why he played a game, right? Like, I mean, yeah, these guys want to win, but it all started because it was fun. Mm. And I'll be honest, the guys playing are having fun. Like, they look like they're enjoying it. Like, Trout, Otani, these guys, like, they look like they're enjoying it. And that's the other thing is, like, when you're getting guys like Trout and Otani playing in there, you're at least getting the, the world's best. Um, and if you're going to do a tournament like this, I think you have to have, like, the best in the world. And if you want to represent your country and do it in a different way, and uh, I'm cool with that. And being that it's an every three-year thing, kind of similar to, like, a World Cup, where I know it's every four, but they have the... I think this is every four, too, there, Eric. No, I think it's every three. You can double-check. You can fact-check me, but I'm almost positive it's every three years. Well, wait a minute. I, I think I got this. There was one in 2009, and there was one in 2017. I think that means there was one in 2013. I just don't remember what it was. No, I think you got to go back. Hmm. Pretty sure it's every three years. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm fact checking it right now. But um, no. But anyway, that that wasn't the point of it. So we don't, we don't need to dwell on that one. Um, did you get to finish your point on that? It will be played in uh, three years. The next one's going to be in 2026. Oh, goody. Oh, boy. Um, all right. I think anyway there. I, listen, I hope they change it. I hope they don't keep it in March, but it is what it is. And I think, Eric, the one thing I will point out from you, you talk about the world's best. The From what I understand, I don't know – who made it so that it didn't happen, but Aaron Judge is not there. If I'm not mistaken, there were no Yankees on the World Baseball Classic rosters. No, and that's that's on purpose because they saw it as a possible um, thing that could, especially with the new rules, something that could screw their players up. So they actually kind of discouraged their players from going, um, and a lot of them didn't want to go because they wanted to get re- used to and ready for these new rules. Um mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, they, they, the team and the players made the decision not to go. And I wish that the Mets would have taken that approach. They had like 16 players at the World Baseball Classic. So, quite frankly, I would have liked the Mets to do the same thing. So I was smart on the Yankees' part there. Uh, again, I just don't think you put this in March. But we don't need to dwell on that. I don't know if you want to chime in on it, Eric, but I gave some thoughts on the Edwin Diaz injury happened on Thursday. Yeah, no, no, no. I do want to talk about that because I don't have a problem with Edwin Diaz. I got a problem with you. We got a bone to pick on this show, the three of us right now. Do we? I got to be honest. I love you to death, Mike. But how do you not even give us a heads up? Like, hey, anybody want to come on and talk to me? Diaz with me? I got some thoughts. You know how many times there are things that piss me off and I'm like, I wish I could just jump on right now and vent some thoughts out. Like, and I get it that that's what you did. But what problems were with using it with Diaz? Because I didn't even get a heads up about it. Maybe I would have joined you for that conversation. Maybe oh, I would have gone a little want... bit. Maybe I would have. I know you just want to get your thoughts out there. I just, wanted, and clear I just and whatever. wanted to talk. But at the same time, it's not really fair to us. Because now you're going to come and ask about it after the fact. I got to be honest. I, I really was a little bit a little bit sad. I was like, oh, like, like I, didn't even bother not even, well, not even, not even heads up until after it was over. And then he posts and he just sends us a post. How many times something happened to the Giants, the Yankees, anything else? I'm just like, man, wish I could jump on right now with the guys and, and say something. I just wish I could go on and rant about something. 
pissed me off or or got me fired up or whatever for a few minutes. I guess. Well, I mean, I'm not, I, I know you, that you got a little bit more of the control with that kind of stuff, or whatever. But at the same time, like it hurt a little bit. I gotta say, it hurt a little. Like it was a little different when you did your the the baseball shows with cousin David, and I understood that last year, or whatever. But this was just an impromptu, like whatever. Now, granted, if we uh, I or Dave could not make it, that's more than fine, and we could just message, or even if we well, get you back, get you that say, I, hey, I'm jumping on and. I'm jumping on in 10 minutes. If you guys can join me, great. If you can't, no big deal. Like, at least give us the heads up. That's all. Because I was like, I know Mike wanted to get his thoughts out there. And I know he didn't want me interrupting him while he was doing it. I understand that. But at the same time, can't help. feel a little bit upset. So I was like, mm, I wish that maybe Mike would have done it differently. Well, I mean, Dave, listen, I don't know how you feel. And I kind of want to get Dave's thoughts and feelings on this, too. Because maybe I'm over So I, 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 I don't get to respond to that at all, huh? Not until Dave. Let Dave respond, and then you can respond to all. But okay. as far as Edwin Diaz goes, and I'll, I'll I'll comment on Edwin Diaz. If I was a Met fan, yes, I would be upset. I wouldn't want my guys there playing. Kind of happy the Yankees aren't there playing, but at the same time, you can understand it because he was there because he loved being there and he wanted to play. And like Dave said before, you want to see players, or maybe you you had said it, you want to see players play for the love of the game. And that's what you're there for. And that, that that's what it's there for. And that's what this World Baseball Classic is supposed to be about. But at the same time, he's one of the best closers in baseball. And now you're without him for an entire season because he was celebrating too hard and hurt himself. Like, that's the other hard part about the Edwin Diaz thing. It's not even that he hurt himself in the game, playing in the game. He hurt himself in the celebration after the win. Like, that's the part that hurts the most, in my opinion. Um, so if I'm a Met fan, yes, I'm sad, I'm bitter, I'm probably upset at the World Baseball Classic. The one good thing is I don't think the Mets are going to be responsible for his salary this year because he got hurt there. Insurance picked that. it up. Yeah, insurance, the insurance yeah. did pick it up. So that's one thing that 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 should ease, not necessarily the fans, probably the front office a little bit. Um, and some teams that worry that if their player gets hurt, what's going to happen to them? Will they be covered? So, um. It's definitely, uh, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. So, Dave, I want to throw it to you about all of this, but I'm throwing it to you. But, Mike, just know, I still love you, my friend. So, it's not, it's not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not really upset. I'm just, like, a little bit like, oh, we, we, we just bring this up now, though. Okay. All right. No, no, no. Yeah. Well, only because you brought it up. I wasn't going to bring it up at all. But then you brought up the Diaz thing, and that made me think of this, and I couldn't talk about Diaz and not talk about this. But I love you, man. So it's okay. not—it's not, it's not okay. anything that I'm okay. like I'm I'm bitter about or anything like that. I'm just a little like, oh. All right, Dave. Uh, I mean, I saw that you did it, and I can understand why you didn't ask me to join. <laughs> I mean, so, I'll talk. I'll talk I, after you. Go ahead. I, I'll say that much, but the injury is. <laughs> It just sucks, man. Again, like Gary pointed out already, like and we mentioned before, like it happened because he was celebrating a big win for them. Um, and, and that just sucks, man. It, it really does. And, and to lose this whole season. And and yeah, like I said, they, they, they play the game because they want to have fun. That That is true. But I know he was going into this year hoping to build on the season he had last year. And, and hoping to have a deeper run into the playoffs with the Mets this year. So, like, that that competitive angle of it and that competitive view, that just sucks. Like, this man's losing an entire year. I, I saw some people say that he may not even be ready by the beginning of next year. That's how bad the knee got blown. 
Um, and, you know, so you're talking this guy could miss, what, 150 to 100 and, you know. or Oh, he's done for the year. He's done well, for just the saying, year. I know closers yeah. come out every single game. So um, I was just more talking about it in that light of, like, you know, let's say he loses 150 games this year and then maybe can't play for the first quarter of next year. Like, I mean – you know, the guy's going to lose almost 200 games of baseball because he was celebrating a, a, a win in a game that meant so much to him um, that, that he got hurt. Like, that just sucks. Mm. Did you guys see the video of that? Because I've heard that he was jumping up and down, but I actually saw the video. Now, they cut away for a good three or four seconds before he goes down. But in what I saw, I didn't see him jumping up and down. I saw him getting pushed back by the people pile, and his knee was as straightened as it was going to be. So if they pushed him and his leg was still straightened, that's what happened. And that's so probably I, likely what happened, Mike, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, that's, we're not, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it for you and beat around the bush. Like That's probably exactly what happened. He yeah. got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time with his leg. And unfortunately, it ended up in, in something that was a disaster. Um, yeah. It's something you never want to see, especially after a win. But you're not even like you got hurt on the play. Like, yeah, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. I got to be honest, for Met fans, I, I do feel for you guys. It is a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, going from Edwin Diaz to David Robertson at the age of 39 isn't exactly uh, the way to do it. But I will respond now uh, to to that real quick. And all I am going to say is, Eric, I love you too, buddy. But you kind of nailed it on the first one. And also, like, it happened, what, Wednesday night? So it was Thursday that we were dealing with the news on that. I just I almost of... sent it to you Wednesday night. It was like one o'clock in the morning. I was still up on my phone and I saw it come through and I almost sent it to you. But now I was like, nah, it's so late. He's going to get this in the morning and find out himself. Like, I didn't... It was the first just... thing I saw. Dude, just to be honest with you, I made sure that I didn't ruin your night and I, le- I at least let you sleep. So if <laughs> I can get any credit for that, I'll take any credit I can get for that because I honestly did think about that. I'm like, I can send this to Mike now and then Mike's not going to sleep the rest of the night. Or I could just not send it tonight, and I'm sure he's going to see it first thing in the morning. And that's what I chose to do, because I was thinking mm. of you. Well, I appreciate that, but I think it's... Plus, it, I didn't want you to think that I was just, like, rubbing salt in the wound. Of like, oh, look, of course, well, it's going to be the first one to point this out. Like, I was like, ah, all right, I'll, I'll, I won't do Well, that listen, I feel like over the last couple of years, you haven't exactly been the one to do something like that. So if you sent a text, my I don't think my natural inclination would be to think that that's the way it was, even though, of course, this was followed later in the day by, I don't know, somebody asked how you doing or something like that, and you go better than Edwin Diaz. Yeah, well, that I found funny. Then by then, I knew you already knew. So I was like, yeah, right, Yeah, because po- I'm pretty sure I posted in the group chat as soon as I heard the news. I was just like, you, I'm pretty sure that's when I put, this is why we can't have nice things. In the fucking group chat. So I wasn't happy. But it happens not even two days after we record here on Tuesday. And I I was not waiting until Thursday. It was an impulse decision. And 
There you go. I, I did the same thing when DeGrom uh, went to the Rangers. I know, and I didn't say anything then. I bit my tongue then, and I was like, you know what? All right, I'm not going to say anything. But now with the with Diaz, and all I'm saying is, you, you know, I'm around randomly sometimes. It's like, you know, you want to jump off for a few minutes and rant. I'm all yeah, but I, and I like to but, push the buttons and get the rant going. So, I mean, I, it's, good. I, it's a good little segment, you know. Listen, some of the funniest times, best times we have are when I'm riling you up. So, I mean, to me, yeah, that's but not, not the goal. not the way I think you're going with, uh, I believe. I can, uh, I can, I, I like playing along with the bits as well as anybody here. I don't have, I've never said anything about that. And we'll just leave oh, no. it at that one. We'll just leave it at that one. But when it comes to the Mets ones, I do reserve the right to do those on my own. That's the way I look at that. Yeah, but then I, I would say the same for like you know the the. the you can the do Yankees it, for dude, me, but I can't do. Dude, you want to do them? I put you want to do them. I'll put them on the freaking timeline. I I wouldn't have a problem with that. Yeah, I gotta figure that out. I'm I'm working on that part of figuring how to. I'm like, saying I would things. give you the equal opportunity on that one. No one was saying you couldn't. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll remember that for the future. Yeah. Send me something. I'll put it up. I don't have a problem with that. Um, Dave, what are you sending me that I got to put up? Hate to break it to you, my <laughs> friend, but probably absolutely nothing. At there you point, go. At this point, I, I don't like let any sport thing or moment get me too riled up. Yeah, yeah. But um, I hear you on that. No, that one. That one, I was upset by. I was very upset by that one. So. I had to do it, and I didn't wait on that one, so I literally did it like almost as soon as I walked in the door. I was thinking about that for like five hours. Um, so, and I jumped to a lot of places, Eric. Like, I'll give you one thing: I am long-winded. Comes to shit like that, oh, I'm going, I'm going, and that's all there is to it on that one. But uh, I'm just talking with the way I talk on that. But anyway, um, I don't think there's too much more that needs to be said on that. Um, but you could talk about your Yankees a little bit here. Cause one thing I don't think we've brought up the last couple of weeks, Carlos Rodon, big signing going to be out for at least a month. I think I saw, right? Yeah. He's going to be out for about a month. Bader, I think is going to be out a little bit with an oblique yeah, thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, we're, we're, we're suffering injuries just like everybody else in spring training. But again, like, you know, Front office kind of saying better get him out of the way now than later. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of what we're going with is, you know, at least maybe get some of this stuff out now so they can come back and be healthier for later in the season. Um, that's that's where my hope lies. So until something else happens, I'm going to keep hoping for that. And uh, other than that, I really think that Volpe has a chance to possibly make the roster. I mean, it's hard to keep the guy off the roster. Aaron Judge has said nothing but great things about him. He's even told Hal and Hank that, like, listen, it doesn't matter what age anybody is. If they can play, like, they should be here helping this team play. And uh, that was pretty much directed at Volpe. But uh, I think you may see Dominguez by the end of the year as well, uh, Martian, because, I mean, he tore it up in spring training as well. Um, so I'm excited for the kids that they have, honestly. I'm excited for the youth. Um, and I hope that people like him, um, Peraza, Peralta, and Dominguez come up sooner rather than later. And even Boone said to Dominguez when he sent him down to the minors, because he already got sent down to the minors um, in their last cut, that he goes, I don't think I'm probably going to have to send you down too often going forward. Um, 
So that's 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 pretty good words coming from the manager and something I actually believe because when you see these guys play, I don't care how young they are, they can they can flat out play. And uh, Volpe's bringing a lot of great energy to the team, so I hope that he makes the opening day roster. I doubt he will, um, but I'm hoping he does. So we'll see. Um, excited for baseball season, but again, excited for the end of March Madness. Excited for hockey playoffs coming up. Excited for all of it. So it's it's just a great sports time of year. Hmm. Yeah, it is. It is. I will say this. Um, if you're picking the opening day roster, you put Volpe in it? If it's me, yeah, because I'm not putting Kiner Falef out there. I, I, what do you think rather... of them moving him around? They were trying him out in the center they're field. They're trying to do better. anything they can to keep him around because they're paying him $6 million. But to be honest, it's not worth it. And they know they're going to need outfield help because you know that Hicks isn't going to stay healthy and whatever. But I'm hoping that instead of getting kind of Falefa to go out there, they bring up kids like Dominguez or Floreal or somebody else. You know, that's that's what I'm hoping for. Um, what, what about the Oswaldo and yeah, Cabrera? Yeah, yeah. I, I think Oswaldo yeah. Cabrera and, uh, and uh, the other one, Peraza. Should both be okay. up as well. I mean, yeah. they finished last year up there. Why Why would they start back? I mean, to me, Cabrera earned his spot. He played great at the end of last year, um, helped this team, shows he could be productive. I want to see more of uh, of uh, Peralta. I want to see more of Peraza. I want to see more of Volpe. Volpe, we didn't see any of last year. We saw the other two last year. I hope we see more of them this year, and I want to see Volpe. I want to see Dominguez. I want to see these guys and what they can do because – Donaldson isn't the answer. Kiner Falefa isn't the answer. Glaber Torres looking more and more like he's not the answer. Um, you know, so they need to start getting the answer there, getting it there quickly. Um, and I think they have that in the young talent. They just need to trust in it. And that's one thing that I can always say is the biggest gripe that I have with the Yankees is that they – baby their young guys so damn much and i hate it you remember the job of rules and you remember the killer sure. bees and like all that they've had prospects that have been highly touted for years and you want to know what most of them always amount to nothing why because the yankees never capitalize on it <laughs> even gary sanchez they let him go when they could have gotten value for him you know years prior to that they, they they hold on to guys and they waste them i feel like through some of the best years of their prime especially in baseball uh some of the best years a guy can have are some of the first years yes uh like you know i i think guys come in hot out of the gate sometimes and cool as their as, as their career goes you know i i I don't know. I want to see more of the young guys. I'm tired of these old guys. I'm tired of tired of Hicks. I have no idea why he's on the roster. I have no idea why Kiner Fluff is on the roster. I guess Donaldson's there, but I again question why. Um, I guess maybe for his glove at third, at least he could play a decent third. But yeah, no, I'm I'm not happy with the current roster. I think they're gonna try to go with because I think they're gonna try to push Hicks. I think they're gonna try to push Kiner Falefa. And I think they're going to hear a ton of shit from the fans for it because nobody wants to see either of those two play anymore. Um, it, it's just a fact. So until that gets figured out and, you know, and, and straightened out, I think that it's going to, uh, it's going to be a real issue for them. I, I really do. And 
it's going to be a thing that maybe slows this team down early out of the gate. And it probably won't be until they get some injuries and start bringing up some of that younger talent from the minors that the team starts to get a spark and get rolling. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if the Yankees come out of the gate a little bit slower this year than they did last year. Last year they came out un- unbelievably hot. I don't see them repeating that this year. And you talked about all these offensive prospects that you got. I I think the Mets have this problem, and I'm just wondering if you feel the Yankees have this problem. The minor league depth is not there with the pitching that it is with the hitting, where you've got guys on the cusp who are about to break out. You don't have that with the pitching nearly as much as you do with the hitting. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. No. I'd agree with that. I mean, pitching wise, I don't think the Yankees have any any like really great true prospect coming out this year. Going to help them. The only prospect that's out there is a guy they've had, and they keep shuffling him back and forth from the minors. Clark Schmidt looks like a guy who's probably going to maybe be on the uh, on the opening day roster as like maybe the fourth or fifth starter because it looks like with Rodon out, and I think they have one other starter out. Um. I think. Oh, we, see, right we now said it who it like was. Severino, Cole. Oh, Montez. Montez. Montez the other one. Yeah. But I got to be honest, I hope I never see him in a Yankee uniform again. I'm done with that guy. And like we've talked about before, <laughs> I'm done with any guys from Oakland, yeah. Pittsburgh, and anywhere to Brian Cash. I think he could find a fucking diamond in the rough, dude. Fucking just go out and buy a nice diamond. Stop trying to fucking be cheap about everything. Like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, stop trying to polish it up real nice. And instead, just go out and buy a fucking diamond. Like, and if you have diamonds in the minors, feel free to pluck one out. Like, you know, I just, I'm over the kind of I'm over the overthinking yourself because one of the best guys that he had and he did that with was Urshela. And then he went and traded him away in that Sanchez trade that ended up being shipped for Donaldson. So, I mean, I, he, for as many good moves as Cashman makes, he makes just about as equally bad moves. So, I mean, Turns out usually his good moves are better than his bad moves are bad, but this is one where I think he's going to struggle early in the year. I think the team is going to push Carner Falefa. I think they're going to push Hicks. They're going to try to make them a part of the team, but neither of those guys deserve a spot on the roster. Mm. I definitely hear you on that. We don't have nearly as many on our roster as you do, but um, I think I told you before. I'll give you I'll give you Darren Ruff. You give me Josh Donaldson. Mm, I'll just give you Donaldson. How about that? I don't <laughs> well, we give them to you just for the salary matching purposes, and then you do whatever you want with them after beer. that. Yeah, and then I'll take a case of beer for him. How's that? Okay. I can go with that. <laughs> All right. So I I I'm not, I'm not going to say anything else about the Mets tonight. So, I, is there any other teams you're following so far? Because we are getting pretty close to the season. It's next Friday. No, I don't know if we're going to do, no, I I don't know if we're gonna do a preview, teams, but honest, go ahead. I've, I've followed no other team so far. So, not to cut you off, but like, I didn't want to go too deep into it. I've literally followed the Yankees, and that's been pretty much it. Um, and again, it's because it's spring training and I could care less what's going on with the other teams right now. I'm trying to figure out mm. what the Yankees are doing. Um, no, but there are a couple of things I want to bring up with you and Dave quick before we left. If, if you have, if we have a couple more minutes. 
Yeah, yeah. Dave? Yeah. All right. So first thing I wanted to bring up, you guys have any thoughts on uh, probably, arguably, one of the greatest Knicks, if not the greatest Nick of all time? Right. Um, Willis Reed passing away. Guys at the age of 80. Unfortunately, he's the one hurt knee. Came out, what was that, game six or game seven? That was game seven. Game seven, limped out, led the team to victory. Uh, I mean, a classic, led them to their first championship. Um, other than that, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts, but again, RIP to, to Willis Reed, um, mm-hmm. who unfortunately passed away today. Nick Legend, throw it to you guys. I, I mean, all I got to say is growing up, I was a big fan of the Ewing Knicks. You always hear the stories about Willis Reed, especially the Game 7 one. So this, this is a huge loss. I was kind of shocked he was only – I like I'm saying only, but I don't know, 80. I'm with you, Mike. I thought he was older than 80. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be 100% honest. I, I kind of thought he was – 90, yeah. I would have been like, okay. Yeah. I never would have – I didn't think he was at 80. Yeah. I was a little surprised by that. So um, – but yeah, Dave, I don't know if you have any thoughts, but I, I was kind of stunned when I heard this. Uh, yeah, I was shocked about it. It sounds like most people were. Not, not many saw it coming. Um, but I will say uh, it, it's 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 been a sad NBA season when you consider the some of the players that have uh, – well, you got um, – was it Bill Russell, I believe, right? He passed away. Yes, and and now Willis Reed, some of the all-time great big men. Um, yeah, it's just sad. And you know, all you can do is send your condolences to his family and loved ones, and hope he's in a better place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rest in peace, Willis Reed. Uh, what else also, did too, have? did you guys have any thoughts on Patino? Rick Patino getting hired at St. John's local school for us. Um, he, he just had led Iona to a NCAA tournament. Um, if not, I think it might have been back to back tournaments, even. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on Patino, Dave. Once. I'll let you go first. I mean, it, I think it's a good hire for St. John's, and I mean, Patino's been around the world and back again. Um, in his coaching career, so you know, he's brought he's going to bring a lot of and a guy that's got a proven track record of knowing how to win. Yeah, I mean, me personally, I know he had this stuff a few years ago that was not good. I always liked Patino before that. He sucked as an NBA coach, even though he was decent for the Knicks and was kind of, if I'm not mistaken, and Eric, you can check me if I'm wrong here, um, he was really like Pat Riley gets the credit for molding that Nick team of the nineties, but Patino was the one who kind of started that mindset. And then Riley took it over about two or three years after Patino took over and the groundwork had already been laid for that by Patino. So I've always thought pretty highly of Patino. And like you said, Dave, he's got a track record. And I think St. John's, uh, and I, I don't know if this was their last coach or the one before it, but I know they tried with, like, Chris Mullen at one point, and it didn't work out. So hopefully it works out. Um, another That's thing all I, I got, though. Guys, just so you guys could see that I'm uh, fair and balanced here. Um, 
there is a, a incident in Alabama. I don't know if this kid's going to be coming back. I don't know if you guys have seen. Uh, oh, the college football one. College football. Got to call it out. Um, even Saban called it out because he, I mean, the kid got, got he was, arre- um, I believe, arrested for, fl- he was trying to attempt to flee police going 141 miles an hour um, in Florida last week. So, uh, yeah, he was charged with possession of marijuana, intent to sell and or deliver. Um, and the passenger was charged with carrying a firearm without a permit. He was going 141 miles an hour trying to evade the police. And I guess, you know, as Saban said, there's no such thing as being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Like You made a lot of bad decisions to get to that point. Mm. And that's what I take away from it. And if he's never on the, uh, if I never see him on the field at Alabama again, I, listen, he did it to himself. Um, and, you know, it's just, uh, you know, he's obviously suspended from Alabama right now. <laughs> and, you know, pending courts and whatnot. So we'll see how it plays out. But right now it is not looking good for uh, DB Tony Mitchell. Um, <laughs> Alabama, uh, and you know, again, this is not the type of shit that Saban likes to, to be talking about or hearing about either. Well, Dave, I'll let you start on this. I, I actually have some pretty strong feelings on this one, but Dave, wants you to start off. Uh, the kid did it to himself. I think, uh, Eric, you quote, quoting Saban, I think you said it the best. Like, th- there is no wrong place at the wrong time in a situation like that like you were making a dumb choice already and ended up to the point where the cops were chasing you and then had to run from them so yeah i can't say um you know whatever consequences he suffers it's it's on him um and you know making the decisions he made and uh you know he should just be thankful he didn't hurt anybody or kill anybody because yeah then his entire life is over yeah and I will say this, I respected what Saban did. I totally agreed with it, like you guys have said. I'm going to go one further, though, Eric. I kind of wish that the basketball coach at Alabama made the same decision when a situation like this happened about a month earlier, maybe a month earlier, with the guy from the Alabama basketball team. And yeah. he's still playing. He's still playing uh, in the tournament and everything. Saban didn't mess around with this one, and I respect that. No wrong, no right, whatever it was, no wrong place at the wrong time. I know you know the uh, basketball-related one I'm talking about there. I mean, I can say it here. The situation where um, one of the, I I think one of the guards for Alabama got a text from his buddy to bring him his gun, and a woman ends up dead later. Yep. Yeah. So I, I wish Nate Oaks had made this decision for the basketball Alabama. It was a good decision by Saban. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And then the only other fun thing I wanted to bring up with you guys, I don't know if you've watched it, but my wife and I have caught all the way up on it. And let me tell you, it is just as fucking stupid as <laughs> let me play it. Let's go play some tag. It is that power slap by Dana White. Um, the, told the, the new UFC. Yeah, um, we talked yeah. about this a few weeks back. I told you that I thought this was ridiculous. It is ridiculous, but my wife and I have we've DVR'd it, and I've gotten her to agree to watch it reluctantly. 
but agreed to watch it. But even she cannot believe how unbelievably stupid these people are. Um, yeah. And how Dana White gets these people to do such stupid things. And then they try to tell these backstories with their families and like make you care about them. Dude, you're going out here and getting bitch slapped in the face from like, I don't give a shit what is going on at home. Like, this isn't a legitimate job. You can't tell me that you're out here trying to make a better life for your kids when you're literally walking into a made-up arena and getting bitch-slapped in the mouth. Like, I, I'm sorry, but that that it's just so fucking stupid. And, like, but I can't, I can't help but watch. Like, I really can't help but watch. And now I fast-forward through all the bullshit, and I just literally go to the slapping. So an hour-long show takes me about... 10 to 15 minutes to watch. No doubt. No doubt. But at the same time, every single time, they've like created like one guy's Wolverine. The other one they call Slap Jesus. Another one they call like these stupid fucking nicknames for him too. And like they try to be all tough and like, oh yeah, I told you, sit down. You know, rah, rah. you know, it, it, it's just, it, it's, it's over the top. Like, it, like to me, this is like the new school of like, you know, arm wrestling. Like, we used to have arm wrestling matches and tournaments and whatever else. This is an arm wrestling now and breaking somebody's arm. Now you're just bitch, eh, bitch slapping somebody in the face instead. Like, I, I just, eh. <laughs> like, and like, you got to see it. And they like wind up and like, it's all official. They got a guy there that like, you had to tell him how many counts you want to go on. Like, oh, I want to go on three counts. And then you make, okay, that's a measure. And then one, two, and then the third one, like, and like, you can't brace yourself. And the other guy who's slapping, you can't move your feet at all. So you have to stand flat-footed. And, like, it's just like, and then you have guys going, he fell, he fell, he stepped, he did this, he did it. It's, I mean, it is, it's fucking ridiculous. But either way, we're caught up on it. Um, the, the finals haven't happened yet. I think that's coming up. Oh, goody. Um, but. Yeah, I uh, I have been watching. I don't know if you guys have any questions or have been watching yourselves, but this power side thing is fucking stupid. Just as stupid every time I watch it. TBS has been making some bad decisions in the what passes as athletic content on uh, the networks now. Between that and AEW, um, Dave, you got any thoughts? I thought you were a big AEW fan, Mike. I was never really an AEW fan. I wanted to be a fan of it. I tried it out for a little bit. Now the most enjoyment I get out of it is when I listen to Jim Cornette totally bash the shit out of it on his podcast every week. There's some good stuff, but it's buried under so much bullshit. It's not even funny. So, but see, that's why you just need, you need to do like power slap and just fast forward through the bullshit. And no. Just get right to the slapping. No, because I'm still pissed off that that's what they let... They approved that with nothing. I know you say it was probably different departments and everything, but I told you this. They put that on. They approved that. That's okay. Briscoe Brothers couldn't come on AEW, and they'd be like one of the best things that show ever fucking had. Now it's too late. And now Tony Khan has Mark Briscoe, so he's fucked. <laughs> Dave, don't let on power slap. Can I just say one last thing? Don't let sure. the guy who runs the Jacksonville Jaguars run anything sorry dave go ahead no you're good mike i can't say uh i have much to contribute to the power power slap conversation other mm -hmm. than i'm not surprised that eric calls it stupid because it sounds pretty fucking stupid mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, 
It is. Speaking of stupid, you guys got any thoughts on Cam Newton throwing at Auburn's pro day? I just think he attention. But I mean, come on, like that's that, that's a bad look. Don't you think that like Cam Newton's at least at a stature where like you shouldn't have to go to your college's pro day ten years after you've left the college to get any kind of recognition? He fell off really quickly after that um, the Super Bowl against the Broncos. He never really recovered from that. And so I'm not saying he should have had to, but it has been a pretty steep fall from grace for Cam Newton. And when people are questioning your work ethic, too, you got to do what you got to do to show something if everybody stops looking. What do you say, Dave? Yeah, I can't say I'm, uh, I'm surprised at all. I think the man just misses the attention. I wouldn't be surprised. To, to, to talk up some college girls, get some, get some easy attention. Basically. Say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sad statement, but yeah. And uh, any word on? I know it's coming back soon, but but um, the John Morant nonsense. Is he coming back soon? Not coming back soon? Because to me, he got suspended. I think the eight games. Yeah, but the, it was eight games. To me, the eight games should start when the suspension starts. Like not retroactive to where he only had two games left to actually serve or whatever. Should be retro. <laughs> it should be active from the second they lay it down. Like, that's my opinion. I don't know if you guys have an opinion on it. I don't disagree, Dave. Yeah. Um, you lost me. I'm not going to lie. I kind of zoned out there. No, John suspension. He can return as early as tomorrow night. No, but that's why. That's what I'm saying I have a problem with is they just announced the suspension not long ago. So he really only served like a two-game suspension or three-game suspension. He didn't serve a full eight because they gave him retroactive to whenever he, you know, this incident happened. I think the suspension should have started once the suspension is laid out. Like once the suspension is – once it's decided what what it is, that's when the suspension should start, not go retroactive. I do agree with that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would agree with that as well. And also, like, to kind of drive home the point, like, the games that he missed were the team giving him two games for personal reasons. And then then he – or whatever it was, a two-game suspension. I don't know. It was ridiculous. They gave him, like, a two-game suspension, and then he missed a couple games because he went down to Florida to talk to somebody. Like, <laughs> I mean – that's that doesn't really sound like a real suspension to me. Because no, it is not, not. A real suspension. Not for a guy yeah. who's waving a gun in a nightclub after a game. Like to me, that's like did he have a permit for that gun? Has anybody checked into those things? Or is this just all arbitrary nonsense? Like, are we just like letting him have a pass and like, like I said, this is just that like we need it's the great make it seem like we're doing something when we're really doing nothing. Like, that's what this is, in my yeah, opinion. I think that's fair. Oh, I don't disagree at all. You shouldn't have been doing it. And the idea that a suspension is going to be retroactive, like, we see that in baseball with the longer suspensions all the time. Not necessarily like that, but, like, Cano got suspended for the PEDs when he was with Seattle, 
and he was already on the injured list. Same thing kind of happened with Fernando Tatis. They let the suspension time, they let the injury time count towards the suspension time. That shouldn't happen. So it's kind of the same thing, at least to me. You're not doing anything, especially if those two games that Memphis sent him home for were a suspension. So you're already calling one suspension a, a second suspension now. Seems to me it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah. No. I'm so, you. Don't argue with you on that one. No. Did we have anything else? So I had for you. Just throw that stuff in. I know that stuff is more, um, you know, recent came out. But, you know, yeah, no, that's what I have for you. Dave, I don't know if you got anything. I'm done. <laughs> I want to say one thing, and then we can get out. We're not going spoiler heavy. We don't really have to talk about it. Dave, I know you probably didn't see it. Eric, did you see the latest episode of The Mandalorian last week? I did not yet. I have not. I probably won't okay. catch up on that until like after next week. All I'm going to say, the first two episodes were very strong. They were good. That last episode might have been the worst episode of the entire series. And I hope they never do anything even remotely similar to that one ever again. Okay. But other than that, I, I, I have not given up on the series yet, obviously. Like, this is the first time you could ever say that. But that was the definitive worst. So, and nowhere to go but up for the episode that drops tomorrow. So, that is all I had for pop culture. If you guys didn't have anything else. No, Japan wants- over to U.S. 3-1 to one right now, I believe it is. And I believe Rangers are one nothing over Carolina still with uh, in the second intermission. Mm. The mean, thing that I loved was what, when they interviewed uh, Mike. Tri- oh, I'm sorry. Uh, they cut out. The de- and the Devils are zero zero. Uh, Fifteen left in the third. The. Funny thing, and I, I kind of lost my train of thought right now. Um, oh. I'm going to remember it when we get off the air. I know it. Um, <laughs> what, did, what did you say? What did you say before D- uh, Dave said his thing? Because it was based off of that. Now I've lost it. I was talking about U.S. over... Or, that uh, one. All right. Japan Thank you. Over U.S. 3-1 right that, now. That and one. Okay. A couple home runs, I think. All right. So they interview Mike Trout um, after some game-winning hit he hit over the weekend. It was something like that. And he said, this might have been the biggest hit of my career. Yeah, because your teams never make it past the first round. No shit, that's the biggest game you've ever had in your career. Fuck out of here. Anyway, um, that's all I had to say. So with that, I think we can get out of here for tonight. Thank you, everybody, for listening to us on all our various podcasting outlets. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Bullhorn. Rate, like, share, subscribe, do all the things. And we'll get out of here for tonight. Let's do some final thoughts. Dave Hastings. As always, gentlemen, it's a pleasure. Until next week. You got it, Dave. Thanks for being here with us. Eric Tressler. Until next week, guys. Stay ready. 
Stay sweaty, my friend. Yes. And I am Mike Agliolaro. As always, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you all next week.